The job search can be confusing, but once you find that great opportunity, what do you do next? In today's episode, we will talk about crafting the perfect resume. Welcome to the GEB Johnson Consulting, episode number two. This episode is on the job search. This is the last week in January, and if changing careers was one of your your resolutions and you haven't started, it's not too late to start. This is your time. Um. I do have a job board on my on my website that I post weekly. I do my very, very best to make sure that I post as many remote opportunities with salary as I can find. Some weeks I'm lucky, some weeks I am not. So this could be your first place to start. If you find an opportunity that you like, you may need more training. You say you may think, oh, I need more training. Well, there is an opportunity to have training. There are a lot of classes uh, that are free or low cost. I do have a blog post that is labeled, I need more training. So if you want to hop on over and look at that, you can. If you change, if you decide that you want to change directions altogether, that's okay too. But, you know, make sure that you're focused and be sure that you really know what you want. If you're not sure, you can take a personality inventory. Um, Myers-Briggs is very good. It's free and it gives you a list of what your personality traits are and how they are most likely paired with the correct uh, job opportunity. And also volunteering can also give you an opportunity to see if you like a particular a profession or not. You may think you like it and then you get in there and you realize, no, this is definitely not for me. But I do want to tell you that, you know, basically, you know, things have changed a lot. You need several things before you can even begin to apply for a job. You need a resume. And then the question of how it's packaged, how should you write it, what type font, what kind of colors should you use, if you even use colors. Then you need a a cover letter. Should you email the cover letter or should you use it, put it in there as an attachment? Or even should you do a cover letter at all if they didn't ask for one? And then you also need a LinkedIn profile. How do you write your LinkedIn profile? And what do I include? Do I include everything that I've done or do I just include things in the area that I want a particular opportunity? Then you have networking, which is something that I have a difficulty with. But then it's like, where do I network? What if it's an industry that you want to change altogether? How do you know where to find these people? Who? I mean, how do you just can't just pop up somewhere and think, okay, I think this is where they are, where people, uh, you know, hang out. And then how do you actually network? Those are soft skills that you need to make sure that you have and they have to be good. And then 
you have to um, go through the actual interview itself. These have all been different. I have had interviews that have started off as chats. Then they go to webcam and then eventually to a face-to-face. I've also um, seen had or had some friends of mine to actually do situational interviews. They do panel interviews. So interviews can take any form or fashion. And you just really don't know what they're going to do or how they're going to ask you these questions. So all of these are components that must come together in order for you to be even given an an offer at the ideal job that you want. But, you know, basically today's episode is to focus around the resume. So let's start with the first thing that you will have inside your resume. Obviously, your name, your phone number, and an email address at the top. Your LinkedIn URL, and if you have a professional website URL, you add that as well. You don't necessarily need to put your physical mailing address anymore because most likely they're going to contact you either by phone or by your email address if they're interested in continuing to have you give you the opportunity to come in for an interview. So let's talk about email addresses first. Make sure that you can, if possible, get your email address as your first name, last name at gmail.com. If you still have an AOL account or a Yahoo account, this indicates that you're not up to date technologically and that you really don't intend to change. And so this could be an immediate red flag for a recruiter or someone an HR personnel that you are not up to date with, with new technology. Almost everyone has a Gmail account. So say for instance, your name is Bob Smith, bare common name. I'm pretty sure there are millions of Bob Smiths. So if your name is common like that, I would do a uh, Smith, Bob, and a number or Bob Smith and a number, Bob and middle initial or middle name as something as close to your name as possible at gmail.com. Now let's look at your phone number. So it used to be when cell phones first came out, should you put a C for cell phone or M for mobile? But now most people have their phone on them. So if it is going to probably be assumed that if your phone number is on that resume, it's already going to be a mobile number. You don't need to put an M and you don't need to put a C. If you have access, if your house phone rings over to your cell phone, then you can put that on there, but you still don't need to put H there as well. So those uh, initials or the M, the C, and the H, those are not needed. Now let's talk about your professional statement or your value statement. So this statement indicates what is what experience you have had and what value you have brought to your current or previous em- employer. So um, you need to be able to convince the employer, the future employer, that you are a valuable asset and that they really should talk to you because you bring something to the table. So if you're fir- just getting out of college, you can list inf- things that you've done in college or as volunteering, or if you've had a work-study job in that area, talk about that. And then if you have been out of college for a while, you need to list your experiences first 
and then college information second. Let me say this again. If you have been out of college for a while, list your experiences first and your college information second. If you are just getting out of college, list all of your college information first and then your experiences so that they will they most likely will know that you don't have a lot of experience if you if you're just coming out of college. So in your experiences section, it is good to just list the keywords the, um, indicating how you bring value to the particular company. Make sure that you pair those keywords with five to seven of the words from the actual job description that you're applying for. Use numbers wherever possible and show how much value you have added to the company. Here's an example of, a, of an experiences section. Project manager, GEB Johnson, Atlanta, Georgia. 2017 to the present. That person analyzed weekly block posting analytics, negotiated contracts with vendors for block promotions, increased sales of products by 15% from 8% within a three-month period. So you know that they helped bring value to the particular company. So in your educational section, it will include a list of the colleges and universities in reverse order. So the last one that you attended should be the first one listed on your resume. If you're a seasoned employee applicant, do not put the years of attendance, okay? So if you just graduated from college, you can go on and put, I graduated in 2017, 18, even if it's 2018 in December. So you can put that on there. But if you graduated in 1980, from college, you might not want to put that on there. Make sure you put the city and state of the college because some colleges are not necessarily in the city that they're in. I think that Miami University is somewhere up north and not in Miami, uh, Florida. So make sure you put the city and state. You also put your major and or your minor. The type of degree you got, such as a bachelor's of art or a master's of of um, education or something and then any additional coursework in addition to so if you are applying for a job at a university and you only have a master's degree you need additional hours um, in that particular subject area so you can list those additional coursework information there as well as certifications. So if you're in technology, you have certifications that some people look for. Definitely, if you're in education, you need to list all the things that you're certified for because you may not be able to teach gifted, whereas someone else can if they have the gifted certification. And if you have had a 3.0 or higher in your GPA, feel free to list it, but it's not necessarily something that is needed. So now let's talk about ways that you can save your document because when it comes up on the other end, they see how these your document was saved. So if you can save it as your first name, dot last name, and the company's name, then that's fine. Or you can do reverse last name, dot first name, and then the, the job, the position that you're applying for. Either way, it's fine. Don't just uh, say, you know, that darn job <laughs> because they see that. So just watch how you label your um, save your documents. Also, make sure that it's in a PDF file. For some reason, word changes sometimes when you 
send it via email and uh, all of your applications are going through an application, an applicant tracking system, ATS. So it kind of changes the format when it's in Word. It's not solidified. So when you do PDFs, they call it flatten. So flatten your document into a PDF and then you're able to send it through the applicant tracking system and everything will stay in its right place. So, you know, sometimes you tab over and put the years that you've been at a particular company. It doesn't end up in a completely different place when it's in a PDF. If it's in Word, it moves quite frequently. Um, Lee, you can list your awards and volunteering after your educational information if you feel like these experiences are going to be valuable to the company. Also, um, like I said, you can list your your uh, certifications that you have. So let's talk about if you see a job opportunity in Europe or Asia, because I know on my website, I do have a lot of opportunities that are overseas. So most overseas resumes include that you need to have a photo and they also want your age. So up at the very top of the resume, you put your name, your um, email address, your LinkedIn profile, you uh, a photo in the very top right hand corner and then your age so that they can see that because that's just the way that they other countries do resumes use bullets sparingly in any resume whether it's a european resume or asian resume or u.s um, but always start with a positive action Use the correct verb tense throughout the entire document. So don't start talking about it's talking in third person and then switch over to I and me halfway through your resume. So you have to stay in one tense or the other. Do not use personal pronouns. Like I just said, those things are, you know, don't use personal pronouns at all. Leave the reader wanted to know more information um, it should not be no more than two pages. This is a resume, not a curriculum vita. So resumes are usually two pages. Sell yourself very well and use conservative colors. So your colors can be according to whatever industry. If you're a creative, artsy type person, then obviously you can use very creative colors. If you're looking for something in, you know, more corporate and you know blues and greens are mostly what they are, then you kind of want to tone it down a little bit. Also, take advantage of the opportunity that you do have, capitalization, bold, and italics, and underlining, so that you can highlight different things that you want to bring to someone's attention. Make sure you have plenty of white space on your page. One final tip. Recruiters only take about 6 to 10 seconds to scan your So here's your checklist. So make sure you have your name, first and last name, your email, make sure it ends in gmail.com, phone number, LinkedIn profile, URL. If you have a professional website, some people do, you need to put that URL as well. Make sure your professional statement is great. Um, I gave you tips on how to, how to do that appropriately. 
uh, make sure you also have three to five keywords that match verbiage in the job description that you're applying for. The experience section should start off with the most recent um, employer that you are working with or just left. Your education should include the, the school, the city and state, and type of degree and major. It should be in PDF form. Watch how you save it. Use your name in the company or your first and last name in the job description. If you have certifications in your industry, list the certifications. And finally, if you are applying to a European or Asian job, your age. I hope this was very helpful for you today. I look forward to serving you so that you can be the best version of you. Hop on over to my newsletter. You can sign up on my webpage, gebjohnson.com. The newsletter comes out twice a week on the 15th and 30th of the month. That is the best way for me to be able to serve you individually. Um, I offer discounts to different things that I have going on in my company. And also, I quite frequently list job postings that I don't put on my job board because I always find extra things and I feel like if you're on my news if you're on my email list that you should get special treatment so just join my email my newsletter list and you will um, get those freebies and types of discounts and things like that you may also pick up the resume ebook at gebjohnson.com I have a free download if you like the resume book available on the website. Subscribe to this podcast so that I can continue to bring value to you weekly. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at gebjohnson.com.